ferns are one of the most beloved species on the planet. It might be something to do with their unsteady walk or their wonderful two-tone colouring that makes them so irresistible. But like wildlife all over the world, they're facing a survival crisis. Over half of all penguin species are now threatened with extinction. But before you switch off to try and protect yourself from more doom and gloom, I've got good news. I'm about to tell you a story of a remarkable penguin conservation success down under. And bizarrely, it includes one introduced species, an Italian dog, protecting a charismatic native bird. Okay, so we're at the Penguin Parade on Phillip Island. It's an island on the, on the south coast of Australia. And every night here, over a thousand of these tiny 30 centimetre tall penguins come waddling out of the sea and they all band together. We saw them earlier just out in the surf, forming a, a raft for protection because when they cross the beach, that's when they're most vulnerable um, to predators like birds of prey. And now they've actually just come up over this little hill into their colony and we're we're right here I can see that you know there's a penguin like only a meter away and there's dozens of them and they're actually feeling really at home now because they're in their colony so they're preening they're just standing around <laughs> some of them are taking a little tumble down the hill and you can hear some of the hucking sounds that they're making and I'm sitting on a little stand with about uh, probably a couple of hundred other people who have all come here for this nightly ritual to watch these tiny penguins waddle across the beach and into their nesting colony where they'll feed their chicks. There are 18 species of penguin around the world. In the wild, they live almost exclusively in the southern hemisphere. And here on Phillip Island, just a couple of hours' drive south of Melbourne, is a great place to come and see the blue and white little penguin in its natural habitat. So we're starting to hear these squawking sounds in the distance and it's actually um, the penguins reaching their nests and saying hello to their um, mates and to their chicks. And so they're all kind of disappearing off now into the grass, into the shrubs to find their own particular nest. My name is Jordan and I'm a research officer here at Phillip Island Nature Parks. And at the moment, I'm here in the penguin colony here at the Penguin Parade. And just to my left over here, we have a little artificial penguin nest box that the penguins like to call home. So the little penguins that we have here on Phillip Island are the little penguins, Eudiptolamina, and they are the smallest of the 18 species of penguin in the world. And uh, they're the only penguins in the world with blue feathers as well, which helps them camouflage when they're out in the ocean, which could be anywhere from one day up to a few weeks at a time. And then at the moment they are coming home onto land because we are right in the middle of the breeding season. So some penguins are coming back and they're sitting on eggs. Some, some penguins are coming and they are regurgitating some food to their little chicks. And other chicks have been left at home for a fair while and they are getting ready to head out into the ocean for the first time and fledge. It's wonderful to be up so close to so many of the birds at the penguin parade. Tourists are allowed to visit this one area of the colony at dusk, where they can watch the penguins come ashore without interfering too much in the birds' natural behaviour. 
So if you've seen our penguins on land, you'll see that they're very awkward in the way that they waddle. And they don't look like they're the best kind of creatures walking on land, but they're actually really, really good swimmers out in the ocean. Um, and they can dive over a thousand times a day in search of their prey. So things like pilchards, anchovies, squid, and even jellyfish, the penguins would love to have as a snack out in the ocean. Uh, and when they do forage out in the ocean, they'll dive and then they'll catch their prey on the way back up, which is pretty cool. And then they'll come back with their bellies full of fish and that's what makes them look a little bit extra, more chunky, uh, a bit more waddly as they make their way on land as well. After being on track to disappear by the year 2000, the penguins of Phillip Island are now thriving, thanks partly to the income from the penguin parade that I watched. Lead penguin biologist Andre Chiaradia has spent the last 20 years at the Phillip Island Nature Park, helping to protect the birds, which are native only to Australia and New Zealand. The population at the moment is stable, but there are places that the population is going down. And, uh, and the only places that the population are doing well are places that there's some conservation plans in place. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and here it's a good example. We have a conservation team here working you know, full time of just on the conservation of, of penguins and other species on the island. So we, our job here is look after Phillip Island. And if we look after penguins, so we bring together all the other species that benefit from those plans. Mm -hmm. So when you protect the penguins, you're protecting lots of other animals as well. Exactly. And, yeah. and that happens <clears throat> quite in a lot of places that when you, when you pr protect iconic species, like here, you know, like protect penguins, you protect polar bears, you protect so like the panda. Mm. So you actually protect the habitat and everything that lives in the habitat. So you not just protect one species, but the whole related, you know, the cousins or of that species. Little penguin tourism brings more income to the state of Victoria, where Phillip Island is based, than commercial fishing. And this has helped Andre and his team persuade the government to take bold steps to protect the bird's habitat. From down on the beach, Andre pointed out some of the changes they've made. Over the hill there, we, we used to have houses. There was a, a real estate of about 180 houses. And, and with the houses, you know, bring humans, bring in, humans bring pets. So cats, dogs, they can actually kill penguins. And people drive on the roads at night. Because at night, all those penguins, they come ashore, they'll be lying, lying down on the, on the roads because they really like the, the warmth Oh, of the really? road, yeah, yeah, they sit there. <laughs> so that was a major problem. So uh, in the 80s, there was were nights that people run over, you know, 10, 20, 30 penguins. The state premier at the time, very vi uh, visionary, she, she said, uh, was the first female premier in Victoria. Let's stop this. Let's get rid of these houses. Let's have these buyback schemes. The state government bought the houses back from the owners. These houses were removed. And one of the last houses to be removed was on the top of the hill. It was a beautiful house there, wow. overviewing this incredible landscape that now we have zero houses, zero foxes, and we're doing all this other work in terms of dune reshaping. So everything to make life easier for the penguins. Yeah. 
Wow, I find that really amazing because um, I've reported on stories before where, you know, whole villages have been knocked down to make way for like massive open cast coal mining. Oh, really? But I've never heard of a housing estate being knocked down for wildlife to give exactly. the land back to wildlife. No, that's, I don't know any other case myself because it's been a unique case that yeah. So now, we, you know, if you drive, you know, along the state, you, you see no house, and you, you see no sign of humans were there before. Yeah. So it's uh, it can be done. Since getting rid of the housing estate and taking many other steps to help the penguins, they've seen the colony here grow and thrive. You know, it doesn't look like, but we're in the middle of the largest little penguin colony in the world. Because the penguins are nocturnal during the day, um, they're all in the nests, so you can hardly guess that we, we're in that mega colony. Wow, so they're just all around us here. Yeah, if you look at, you know, on this cliff, yeah. you know, every little hole you see, it's actually a, a penguin nest. Amazing. Yeah, wow, so how many penguins are there actually in this area? So we probably have about 4,000 penguins in this particular area. Just in this part, wow. But, but on Phillip Island, we have about 32,000 penguins. And in this place, here's about 10% of, of the colony. Mm -hmm. And that's where people come to see it. So okay. we call them the working, the working penguins. The working penguins. Because <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're, 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 uh, uh, they're bringing the money in. Exactly. The revenue <laughs> they generate here pays for everything we do on the island. Okay. So all the conservation uh, programs and um, so without that income so we wouldn't be possible to do it. Yeah. They make like a little yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, so it's all hidden. They're all hidden around yeah, here. Yeah, uh, every, you know, every little hole you see it. Yeah. It's a, it's a penguin nest. Some oh, so even in there, is that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we put some. But, Sylvia, those nests, they probably you know, 30, 35 years old. Yeah. Yeah, so they've been sitting here for, for a long time. Amazing. In the past, one of the biggest threats to the penguin colony was the European red fox, which was deliberately introduced to Australia by settlers for hunting in the mid-1800s. But five years ago, after a huge effort, foxes were eradicated from the island, benefiting the penguins and many other animals. Jordan Roberts, the ranger I met at the Penguin Parade. Foxes were really devastating to our native species here on Phillip Island, but things like Cape Barren geese, a little family just over here, the second rarest species of goose in the world. But yeah, because we don't have any foxes on Phillip Island and because they are so rare, they're really, really well protected here on Phillip Island. So we have so, so many of them. We're really lucky to have them here and they're herbivores, so they live quite um, happily with the penguins. They're just another neighbour. But yeah, things like um, we've got the ringtail and brushtail possums, our native purple swamp hens as well, they've really, really bounced back um, in the absence of foxes. And one of the most exciting things that we've been able to do is introduce the eastern bar bandicoot to Phillip Island. Ah, what's and that? 
It's a little small marsupial, so it's got a little pouch like a kangaroo or a koala. Kind of the size of a small rabbit, and uh, they're classified as extinct on mainland Australia, but we're lucky enough to have a very healthy colony out here. That is, um, we're kind of rewilding the eastern bar bandicoots, and hopefully this population here at the Summerland Peninsula will be able to be a, a source population for further reintroductions. Foxes may be gone from this island, but along the mainland, foxes continue to be a prime threat to the penguins' survival, and many colonies have been wiped out. So we've come a couple of hundred kilometres west to the city of Warrnambool, where the local penguin population has come back from the brink, thanks to some unlikely allies. So they might bark at you initially, okay. um, but that's good because they're doing their job. But once they see that I'm there and bringing you in, they'll be completely Okay, fine. great. So this is Isola. She's very friendly. She loves people. Trish Corbett is a marine biologist and the project coordinator at the Middle Island Penguin Project. She's helped train up a dedicated team to protect the penguins on her patch. So we've got, this is Oberon. He's the youngest. So he's one and a half. And then we've got Metzor here. He's got a cute little smile. And then Isola. So they're Italian dogs. They're beautiful dogs. They're huge, strong animals with a loud bark and they're covered in white fluffy fur. They look far more like a Labrador or a Retriever than they do Collies or Old English Sheepdogs. And so what have these sheepdogs got to do with penguins, Trish? I know, it's a really <laughs> funny thing. Why would we think dogs are going to protect penguins? Well, it was a really fantastic um, program that, you know, everybody thought was crazy when it first began. So maremmas have traditionally been used to protect livestock. So mm -hmm. they are Italian sheepdogs over in Italy. They protect livestock like sheep and goats against wolves. Yeah. So here in Australia, they've started to be used to protect uh, things like chickens in particular and, you know, also sheep and goats and those sorts of things. And so we started having this horrible problem out at Middle Island between about the year 2000 and 2005 where foxes started coming to the island. And you might know a bit about foxes. They're an introduced species to Australia. And unfortunately, they don't just kill for survival. They will kill for fun. So right. thrill kill. So they can kill over 100, whether it's chickens, whether it's shearwaters, another um, flying bird, whatever it is, they can kill over 100 individuals in a night. 100 in a night, wow. So we were having these mass kills and no one knew what to do with it. The Warrnambool City Council were doing all kinds of fox management, trying to stop the foxes from getting over there and nothing was really working. So at the time, there was a third year student out at our local university, Deakin University, and he actually worked on a chicken farm. And they used maremmas to protect the chickens. And so he was chatting to Swampy, the chicken farmer at the time. And, you know, Swampy said, well, penguins are just chickens in fancy dinner suits. So <laughs> why not put a couple of maremmas out on the island? <laughs> and after a lot of big, long process and a lot of things that hoops to jump through, a maremma did get approved to go on Middle Island. These are the first sheepdogs in the world to have been trained to guard wildlife, initially apprenticing with chickens on the farm and then moving on to protecting the penguins on Middle Island, which is a small rocky outcrop just offshore. 
Maremmas are a very different breed of dog to our normal domestic stay-at-home dogs. They're more closely related to wolves. And they're, wow. they have a really strong instinct to guard. So that's why they're so good at this project. The Maremmas guard the island every day during the penguin breeding season, and it works. No penguins have been killed by foxes on the dog's watch. Trish invited me to accompany the team on their trip to the island. Hey. And so, Trish is so beautiful here. It is, it's stunning. We're so lucky to live here. So this is the beautiful middle island in the background. So these two are ready oh, to go no. over. So come <laughs> over here, buddy. Yeah, good girl. So, um, yeah, so we're about to go over and um, take these dogs over there to protect penguins. And this is what you do every day, you're swapping the dogs Yeah, over. yeah, so we either go over to feed them. So if they're over there, they've only been over there a day or two, we just go over and feed them every day, make sure that everything's all good. And then we like to give them a little bit of a break as well. Yeah. So particularly Isola and Oberon, they need to have more of a break. Metzor can be on the island for a couple of weeks, no problems. Wow, but the really? other two, they need sort of, you know, every four, three or four days, yeah. we swap them over. So we'd usually just bring the one, do the changing of the guard, and then um, feed them while we're over there and bring one of them back with us. Fences are often used to try to protect endangered wildlife from introduced predators like foxes. But fences interrupt the movement of native animals across the ecosystem too. By letting the penguins on and off the island freely, but keeping the foxes away, the maremmas are doing something that no man-made fence could. Good dog. Hey, we'll see you next time. It's a unique conservation tool, and it's part of the bigger story here of the great lengths that environmentalists and governments have been willing to go to to protect some of the surviving colonies of the iconic little penguin. It's taken innovation and dedication and a lot of money, and has been hugely helped by the tourism dollars that the penguins bring in. It's also a refreshing example of a government listening to scientists and going into uncharted territories to help prevent the loss of other species. Penguin biologist Andre Chiaradia hopes these efforts will mean the penguins of this region and their entire ecosystems will be protected for future generations. People come in to see this tiny penguin, 30 centimetres tall, walking across the beach, look like a toddler, and uh, so people love it. And of course, uh, you know, kids, they just absolutely adore. Phillip Island's little penguins are an iconic tourist attraction, drawing hundreds of thousands of visitors in a normal year. And the penguins are worth more to the state's economy than commercial fishing. All this gives Andre and his team extra clout in negotiating to protect the marine environment. To, to have iconic species as, as your flagship to, to a particular conservation helps a lot. So it's easy to show people, you know, this beautiful penguin, as opposed to if you have some worms that you want to protect, you know, under the, living under the sand. So that's a, a bit harder to, to do it or to show. But, you know, with penguins being iconic and by protecting them, so you protect not only, you know, those penguins, but the whole habitat. So you bring together all the, you know, the marine habitat in, in, under the, the protection of the penguins.
This work is even more important as climate change affects the penguins' food sources. The ocean temperature here has risen faster than almost anywhere else on Earth and is already 2.6 degrees above the average. Yeah, so we, you know, bit by bit, so you, you're trying to make sure that, you know, my kids and my grandkids and your, your grandkids, if, you know, everyone's grandkids one day is going to see, you know, penguins. Yeah. Because there are places that, in Australia and New Zealand, that the, the, the colonies just disappearing. And, and they, they can disappear really quickly for conservation in place. If you'd like to see these amazing penguins and the beautiful dogs that protect them, you can find them on our website at cgtn.com forward slash Europe forward slash Razor or search YouTube for Razor Science. <laughs>